0: Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swartz.
1: My name is John Keeley. This is the podcast segment of our show that is not broadcast on station KLA. Our guest for the 359th show is Rick Sweet treasurer for the Clinton Symphony Association, will be talking with us about the COVID-19 pandemic and its effects on the Clinton Symphony. Our history buff for today's show is Terry Toplet. Terry, you have a question, please?
0: Yes. Hello, Rick. You mentioned that this Hi, is Terry. a 66- Hi, this is the 66-year uh, season for uh, the Clinton Symphony. You mentioned about there are four classical performances, one chamber and one pop. I went on your website and I noticed wonderful titles that you had for this last season, such as From the Countryside, Musical Friendship, Holidays with the Symphony, and so on. Is this something that you do every year? Do you create or do you create different themes for your performances?
2: The music selection and uh, theme selection is what uh, our maestro, music director, and conductor, Brian Dollinger, does each year. He's actually Working right now on the twenty one twenty two season. That's how far in advance he, he uh, plans the music, and that is uh, his vision, his uh, his inspiration. So uh, credit goes to Brian for doing that. But he does that every year. There's a theme that he he
0: picks for every year. Thank you, um, Rick. Along those lines, I think our our listeners sometimes. Think that this, um, this music is, is just sitting around out there and you just uh, you pick a, 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 you pick a tune and you know you hand everybody out the music. There are some costs involved in having mm-hmm. enough sheet music for 45 to 55 uh, individuals. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that And then I also believe that that Brian, Conducts more than one symphony orchestra, and I'm thinking of one in particular that that uh, that our listeners might find it interesting that a person who's conducting in Clinton is also doing.
2: Yes, Brian. Brian's been with us for 13 years, uh, and uh, he also is uh, the conductor and music director for the Muscatine Symphony Orchestra where he actually was two years before. So he's been 15 years in Muscatine, 13 years in Clinton. And for the last four years, he's a conductor and music director for the Hawaii-based Kamula Philharmonic Orchestra. If you want to spell that, K-A-M-U-E-L-A. I don't speak Hawaiian well. So he <laughs> he has uh, three three symphonies that he, uh, he conducts. Yeah, and that
0: last one's a nice gig, man.
2: I told him that I would carry his... Musical satchel and his suitcase whenever he wants to go to Hawaii to <laughs>
0: perform. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. You know, the and sacrifice he's, that he put forth for this uh, symphony so is just breathtaking.
0: Yes, well, he, he, and, he and tells me no. So, so Rick, <laughs> talk to us about the music, just the costs of getting music. Well, we the.
2: the uh, a lion's share of symphonic music for us and any other orchestra uh there's a lot of it that's in the public domain that that you you can get free and what you're looking at is is copying uh, expense but that music that is not in the public domain like we played uh, a piece symphonic piece appalachian spring uh, uh last year, and just to uh to get the music was a thousand dollars just for uh, the symphonic package, so we do have a we do have a, an account for we call it uh, the library account that covers not only the the royalty fee that is charged uh, but also the printing and the mailing to the to the uh, symphonic players but it that can uh, rack up uh, costs very quickly, particularly the newer Newer pieces. And I say newer pieces that those that have been uh, are still uh, covered by copyright.
1: OK, uh, question. Uh, my wife is from Mason City and that's a town that's a little larger than Clinton or about the same size. And there, their community is very much tied into the high school for, as you were kind of alluding earlier, that a lot of the young talent that goes to Mason City uh, likes to perform and be part of the community, uh, with Clinton's, the, its symphony, I'm sure it has a very close tie with the high school. Um, are yeah. you, are people concerned that this kind of, and this is a divide, that we have not seen in this nation for like a hundred years. Uh, do you see that maybe some, uh, ties might be severed because of situations? I mean, I hate to say it from a school perspective, Uh, there's a possibility that you're losing uh, musical students for nearly uh, half a semester and that are going to go off and graduate and go on and do other things. Is there concern for the symphony with that?
2: Not really, because we have a a, a close association with the the musical directors at uh, Clinton High School, Morrison High School, and Sterling High School. Uh, And the, Traditionally, uh, they've been uh, very loyal to offer up uh, talented uh, high school musicians that we uh, actually, Bob Whipple, as the executive director in consultation with Brian Dollinger, incorporate into, uh, into the ensemble. There are some pieces that uh, a high school, even a talented high school, uh, student would have difficulty playing, but, but Brian, Brian and Bob try to incorporate as many high school students uh, as, as they can into the, uh, the, the core body.
0: Okay, thank Great. you. You have another question? Yes. Rick, can you talk a little bit about the locations as to where the symphony performs? I've noticed sometimes they use churches, sometimes they use schools. Can you talk a little yes. bit about that, please?
2: Uh, the two Clinton Symphony uh, performances are done in the Vernon Cook Theater at Clinton High School, um, and the uh, uh, Sterling uh, concert is in uh, at the Sterling High School, and it's just a glorious uh, auditorium. It's it's a they just remodeled it about five years ago, and it's uh, literally acoustically perfect. And then Morrison High School also has an excellent. Uh, uh auditorium in their high school that is also acoustically uh wonderful. So Brian is pretty sensitive. He he likes he wants the audience to hear the full range of the symphony. So we have uh we're lucky that the three high schools that we perform in um have uh excellent auditoriums pr- particularly uh, acoustically uh rated the one uh uh, concert we do the chamber concert is at the Lutheran Church in uh, Clinton, and again the acoustics in that church uh, are is is
0: marvelous. Okay. Hey Rick, um, one thing we haven't talked about yet as as this ripple effect goes out, um, and I'm just thinking about the concerts that I've been to for the Clinton Symphony. Um, you often have vocal musicians as well as instrumental musicians. And those folks have a tendency to be, to get kind of lost in the shuffle somewhere because they rarely have a particular place to call their own. They tend to bounce around a little bit more. They play in with other folks rather than having an entity of themselves. I'm thinking of Noah Singers, for example, is probably the most famous around. Um, So what do you think that the effect of this is for those folks who have also lost their venues? They've lost the places um, yeah. that, that they use to play. Um, what kinds of things do you think are going on for them?
2: We uh, 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 use frequently use a uh, Clinton group called River, Corps, uh, River Choir, which uh, is uh, uh, made up of, of local adults and and students uh we usually incorporate them and we try at least one concert a year to to bring them in they all are suffering from the same unknowns that that we are um and you know they're uh they are not practicing they are basically uh maintaining social distance and all that but but uh again it's a for the, I'm I, I'm familiar with Clinton's um, uh, local choir, community choir and uh, they like the Clinton Symphony, have an intensely loyal core of, of performers. so I think if, if this does not go on too long, I, I think uh, uh, they will they will bode well. they will be able to recover and, and
0: come back. Okay, John, this is probably our last question, so fire away.
1: Okay, so what do you sit there and think will be the best situation for not just this symphony, but others? And I know that's a very unfair question because we don't know how long this is going on. But you've got to be somewhat optimistic because uh, that's what's going to keep your funding going and keeping interest in this wonderful institution. So, from your perspective, what would be the best scenario with the least amount of damage that you could go, okay, this is something that we could definitely uh, bounce back from.
2: If the the wave of infections uh, moderates down to where there are a palatable number of infections that start dropping off where the the governors, particularly Illinois, is a much harsher impact than Iowa. But if that subsides uh, enough that we're confident enough to get back together and back to business, that we can do our summer fundraising and our summer Pops concert, uh, I think that'll be a uh, a uh, spiritual boost to, to these communities. And uh, the impact, though we'll feel it, will not be uh, deleterious. It won't be fatal to to us or other arts organizations, but that's what I kept saying about being cautiously optimistic. Uh, I'm watching the numbers like everybody else is and, and, uh, this too shall pass,
0: we hope. Right. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 359th show, Rick Sweet, Treasurer for the Clinton Symphony Association. And we've been talking about COVID-19 effects on the Clinton Symphony and on the arts in general. Our history buff for today's show was Terry Toppler. You can listen to ROI as it is being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search box, click on the first icon that you see, and then look for ROI. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.